Welcome to Live Happily Ever Awesome. Join me and PACT certified therapist Julie Rappaport where we discuss relationships, learn how to bring the magic back to yours, and become a better partner. To join the discussion live, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Clydesdale Media. Sign up for notifications so you can call in with your questions or just join the chat. Be sure to like and share these episodes with your partner and friends. The following presentation is not therapy or a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, Julie. Hi. Happy Wednesday. You too. Glad How are we doing? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Sorry about last week. We missed we missed a week. I was a little under the weather and uh, feeling a little overwhelmed. So we're back with a vengeance here. Episode eight. Oh, Fighting sure. and making up. Yeah, repair. <laughs> what do most people what are our couples still fighting pretty much about money? I feel like that's one of the biggest things that they fight about. What what other kinds of things are it's like money, sex, time, uh, family. Um, money, sex, time. Mess, messiness. Messiness. Um, yeah, we- I mean, all the things that 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 people fight about are not about the actual thing um, okay. itself. I mean, it's more. Uh, there's the uh, you know. I mean, it, it is, but it isn't like it's. Um, the it's like we're not really mad that they leave the cap off the toothpaste. We're mad about other things, but we'll complain well, about that. No, we are mad that they leave the cap off the toothpaste. It, mm-hmm. it is that, but it's also that there's underlying themes that are going on that are getting played out through the toothpaste, so to speak. Okay. So uh, that's, you know, so the, as a therapist, that's what we have to get to rather than just focusing on just that it's the cap off the toothpaste. Right. So what kind of things do you have to dissect when you're meeting with a couple and they've got a particular issue? And can we maybe use an example of something that you've experienced or? Oh, geez. Um, get through it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'll just like, I had a couple come in yesterday and they happen to be fighting over, um, alcohol and how much, you know, it wasn't like one is an alcoholic, but the other one is one, one of them drinks, the other one really doesn't. And the other, the one that really doesn't, um, just has a limit after which she's uncomfortable. Um, that the person, because the person there, her partner, uh, then be, you know, starts to act differently. Okay. And, and so then she, so. So that- she's like, she's like, we go out and as long as he has two drinks, we're fine. But once he hits three or four, he starts doing X, Y, and Z and it drives me insane or it's yes. a turn off or it causes yes. issues. Right. Okay. So then I've got to, you know, as the therapist, I've got to dissect what's going on, what's, you know, what's making her uh, uncomfortable. Why is he needing more than two drinks or wanting more than two drinks? Uh, How is he handling her distress? Uh, You know, does she have something in her history of alcoholism or unpredictability, unpredictability, 
um, that would be traumatic for her to then experience again. Mm. Uh, why, uh, you know, and then if he's not tending to her um, discomfort, why and what's going on for him and his upbringing that maybe he had no power uh, and this is the way he's trying to get some power is um, uh, they also had an agreement on things and it got broken because neither one of them, they kind of relaxed around it and neither one of them thought to kind of plan about these events that had alcohol in them mm-hmm. uh, and prepare for them and predict might ha- what might happen. Um, and so, you know, those are just, this, you know, off the, off the cuff things to sure, think sure. And yeah. I imagine too, when you're trying to solve these issues for couples that their attachment style comes into play, right? As, as it always does. Yes. Yes. It's always there. <laughs> <laughs> always there, always their uh, wounds are there. And do you have a chart? Do you have a chart on everyone that sort of like reminds you as you're going through and you see couples, you know, maybe back to back and you're like, all right, this guy's a wave. She's an anchor. He's an island. No, you just, no, you just can't I, remember. I know them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and I mean, if, if maybe I, sometimes there, you know, there's, if couples haven't come in for a while or, or I, they're new. And so I spaced on who they are, you know, mm-hmm. If I just look at my notes, I'm like, oh, right, right. Um, I remember that. But yeah, you. I mean, it's once once I I kind of have them, I understand them. It's hard not to. It's hard to forget that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, what about making up? Like, what are some of the aspects of that, or some of the variations that you recommend, or do we just do we start back on to the initial problem and is there more to dissect there well i mean the thing that happens um if we just talk systemically is you know oftentimes if it gets bad enough that we will automatically go into a one person system system thinking and that's what then has us fighting um and so the and and it's natural that's human um, because we're in a, a fight or flight type uh, response when we're fighting usually, and so it's kill or be killed kind of as a mm-hmm. as a species, and so um, and so the the thing that we have to realize is when we're in when we're doing that, right? We we're then losing sight of the fact that no matter what we believe or where we are or whatever, we are undoubtedly in a two-person system. And so we have to get back to that. We have to. Otherwise, it's like suicide. Um, and so when we're fighting, the, the thing that we have to remember is we have to get back to being collaborative. We have to be back and be okay with one another. Otherwise, because our survival really mm-hmm. does depend on it. Mm-hmm. So we're back to that. You have to be a team player. I have to be a team player, but there's lots of things that get in the way. Um, so let's just go into when I say it has to be done quickly. The reason that uh, repair 
uh, and getting back onto the same team needs to be quick. Mm -hmm. And we're talking quick as in 20 to 30 minutes needs to happen. Oh, wow. Okay. Needs to happen. And this, because it goes not, into- not sleeping on it. We're not oh, no. thinking no, no, no. about it in the morning. Okay. Well, I mean, it, you know, sometimes it has to be that way, but I'll explain why uh, that's not good. Okay. So if we're working, it goes into the neurobiology of the brain. Mm -hmm. So the brain, there's a memory center. And so what happens is something happens that we don't like, and it's in the front of our memory. It's not in long-term memory. And research has shown that it takes about 20 to 30 minutes for it to then switch back into long-term memory. Um, so if our partners can, if we can repair within that 20 to 30 minutes, it's then as though this thing doesn't exist. It does not stay in memory. It doesn't go into the long-term memory bank. So oftentimes if people are really good at repairing and, and doing it quickly, they might come into therapy and they might say, you know, we, I feel like we got into something the other day and, and they'll be like, yeah, it was something. I don't remember. What was that? I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. It was, I mean, it was just a little thing, you know, like they will not remember it at all. It's, um, it's fascinating. Yeah. It, it's really, really cool. But the reason why that's good for you and good for the relationship is that in this long-term memory, we have all the times that our parents or primary caregiver did the same or similar thing. So we have all that crap that's in this backlog that wasn't repaired correctly. So we have this layer pile of shit. And then if some, and then we also have on top of that, some of the shit from our relationship our present day relationship that hasn't been uh, repaired. So, mm -hmm. and then if you don't repair it quickly, then that, that goes on to the, you know, it just keeps layering on these piles of shit. And so it just becomes like the last thing you want to do is pile that on. Right. right? The, you want to start removing that. Mm -hmm. And so it's in your best interest to repair it quickly, because if you don't, you're going to get not only the time that time that you did it, but all the other times that you did it and all the other times that other people did it um, in terms of the emotional reaction. So uh, very much you need to repair quickly. It is, it is very important. So if people are coming to you to repair something, it's already a little too late in terms of that specific issue that they were dealing with unless it happened in the car on the way to yeah i mean it's it's too late in the sense of it not having registered into the long-term memory Correct. but it's definitely not too late mm -hmm. uh, repairing you know i mean otherwise like things like affairs and things couldn't be worked through mm -hmm. um but uh that's a whole nother topic um so then you got to ask, like, why, why is it so hard for some people and couples to repair? Mm -hmm. um, okay. Because, you know, it's, it's like apologizing for some, excuse me, for some people is just a foreign concept. Uh, they don't think they need to, uh, they don't want to, uh, 
and and you know you got to look then again. And now we got bad. Okay, that was not for us. <laughs> That's my ringtone. Uh, Exciting for something completely different. Um, okay, so you got to think back to attachment of this kid never saw his parents apologize to one another when they got into fights. Never saw it, never heard it, didn't happen. Um, and so there's this, you know, imprint of that just doesn't happen. You don't do that. In addition to the fact that when his parents made a mistake with him, they didn't apologize. Mm. So it's just, it's not even in the comprehension that that's something you do, that you repair relationships when you've messed up. Mm. Um, and so, and then in addition, you know, if you look at me, you know, more so islands, islands struggle a lot with shame. And just as a reminder, islands, we, we call them islands, but the avoidantly attached individuals struggle a lot with shame. And so when you look at apology, so shame is when somebody is attaching their personhood, they're not distinguishing their personhood from their behavior. Okay. So I did a bad thing. That means I'm bad rather than I did a bad thing. I could still be a good person and do a bad thing. Got it. Okay. So shameful people will just equate, I did a bad thing, therefore I'm bad. Mm. Um, so they then, if you think of that, if like, oh, shoot, if I have to apologize, uh, it means I've done a bad thing, which means I'm bad and they're avoidant of that feeling. They don't want to feel that way. And their only, uh, you know, recourse is to avoid. Yes, baby, now we got bad. Gosh, that's State Farm. State Farm's trying to call me right now. I'm going to turn this off. Okay. okay. Um, their only recourse is to avoid that. And so it would be extremely difficult for islands in that state to then say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing, so if we're dealing, just going off of that a little bit, is that islands because of that avoidant thing and and they just want to they they oftentimes want to get off the conflict as quickly as possible um just just get it done yeah um and so a lot of times they will uh, say um okay well i'm sorry you know kind of i'm sorry can we move on uh. <laughs> or uh, you know, that's, so that would be an island of like, they just say, I'm sorry, without really, there's no, um, there's no substance to it. There's no, like, it doesn't give the other person an idea of like what they're actually sorry for. Sure. Um, and, and they don't really even know they're just saying it to stop the, the fight kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and oh. so go ahead. my pet peeve, um, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, that's another one. Oh. Yeah, don't apologize for my feelings. That is so bad. It's really bad. Um, and people, it's so common. Um, and so really it's, um, I'm sorry 
I made you feel X, you know, I'm sorry I hurt you. That's the last thing I want for, you know, that's the last, last thing I want. I didn't want to hurt you. I'm really sorry. I can understand if I would, you know, and a lot of times people will be like, well, I didn't mean it that way. That's not at all what I mean. And that it doesn't matter. It doesn't help. It doesn't, yeah. <laughs> you know, per, what we say is perception is reality. Yeah. So how the other person perceived what you said is their reality. So if you said something and it wasn't intending to hurt them, but they perceived it in a certain way and they heard it in a certain way that it really hurt them, it really made them angry, it really made them sad, you need to correct that as quickly as possible. Because if you don't, your life is going to be miserable. So it is, wow, wait, hold, hold on. I'm, I'm really sorry. What just happened? Like you seem really sad or you seem really hurt. Well, yeah, you, you know, you just said that my mom is the worst person on earth. And it's like, oh, no, no, I, I did not mean it that way. And if you heard it that way, I could understand how th that you would feel really sad. I'm really sorry, you know, that you are not negating their experience. I'm sorry you feel that way is you're apologizing for the fact that I feel sorry or for feel sad. Yeah, it's a non-apology. It's, it's a non-apology, yes. Non um, so getting to waves, why waves tend and waves are the anxiously uh, attached individuals. Uh, oftentimes uh, they... Um, they will come, why they wouldn't apologize is one, if their parents, they never saw their parents apologize to one another and, or nobody ever apologized to them. Uh, as well as they have this um, idea that kind of the self-righteousness of, well, I am justified in what I did. I have a, I, I did this because blah, 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 you know? And, and so I, I don't, I'm not sorry. Um, and it's, uh, filled with resentment. Yeah. Filled with resentment. And so, uh, that's just a reason why we've got to, you know, each one waves and islands can each equally not apologize. They just tend to do it for different reasons. Yeah. I, I know we're talking a lot about apologies when we talk about repairing. Is that is that sort of the cornerstone of repair is an apology or are there other things that you need to do to be able to repair the fight? The well, argument? I would say yes and doing it well, um, doing it quickly and doing it well. And another um, another kind of I don't want to say tactic because that sounds a little too prescribed, but it's kind of uh, like, um, what's it called? Uh, not interviewing. Anyway, it's it's a, a negotiation, like negotiation 101. Okay. It's like, it's a tactic in that realm of called leading with relief. And leading with relief. Okay. Leading with relief. Really important concept. Um, where if you think of two people, they're one person systems because they're fighting now. That's the only thing that can happen if you're in a two person system and you become one person systems is you have to go to war. 
So you got to think of these two people. They're in one person system thinking they're in fight or flight, which means you've got this individual with their guns locked and loaded, ready to shoot. Like they are, they're just waiting for you to finish whatever you're going to say or do, and then they're going to shoot you. Right. So leading what leading with relief does is you're leading something out of your mouth. The first thing is something really relieving for them. So, you know, they're like waiting for this and you say, oh my gosh, I'm really sorry that I made you feel so sad. Like that's the last thing I want to do. I, I actually want us to work together and I fuck that up. Mm-hmm. Right. They're then that's like, this, right. And they're like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> and they put down their, their arms and it brings your partner into human brain again. That's the whole purpose out of, of, out of that fight or flight mentality. Exactly. Okay. Right. They then have their prefrontal cortex back online and they're like, oh, I'm actually human again. I'm not prey or, you know, predator. And, uh, and so I can think again. And once that, you know, cause a lot of times people will say, well, I don't, uh, like I, I, I didn't mean it that way or something. And it's, you can't have these discussions until your partner is in human brain. Mm-hmm. Um, So you've got to get them in, lead with relief. That brings them in the human brain. You've got to pause, right, so they can get there. And then you can say, you know, um, I don't know if you're interested in in my point of view. I'm happy to share, you know, or, wow, I had a really different experience of that. And if if you are open to that, I'd love to share. You know, something where it's not, yeah, but. I'm really sorry. I'd never wanted to make you feel that way, but you know, you were attacking me, you know, like you're, you're, you're not back into human brain. You're right back at it. Yeah. That disarming is interesting. It reminds me of a, of a story I heard uh, where someone was fighting with their spouse and um, his wife, you know, they would separate from, you know, each other in terms of like physical location. And uh, you know, he would be angry and then she would show up in the room and she would be completely naked. And she would just walk in completely naked and it would, it would just, you know, because guys, boobs, very simple. It would disarm him to the point where they would eventually make up because that was a thing. So it wasn't, it wasn't a a relief. Well, I guess it was, right? Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is, it's actually really cool. It's really important. Um, and because what we're looking for when somebody is escalated and this happens, whether you're in a fight or whether somebody is just dysregulated, but coming back to the theme of like fighting, we're both dysregulated. Mm-hmm. One person might be more dysregulated. And what we're looking for is just what's called a state change. And that's what your friend did is created a complete state change for her husband right? He was in this mode. He saw her and it was like, like just, you know, like sex, like whatever. Right. And it's then extremely hard to then go back into that original state. Yeah. And, and, and for her to do that, to know that, I mean, I don't, I don't know in what the instance, like who was at fault there, you know, whether it was him or her, but like, I know for me, if I, if I was not at fault, 
but I was trying to disarm, you know, my partner, that would be hard for me to do because I'd still be pissed, right? You know, and, and people tend to withhold a lot when they're angry. Yeah. And that's like, so it's so self-sabotaging. Sure. It really is. And it's um, because if that, if your partner isn't good, you're not good. And, you know, we just get into this, I want to be right. I want to, you know, and it's like, what are you more invested in being right or being happy? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I talk a lot about this with, with clients of we are as humans, we are, um, we're just kind of shitty. We're just, we're lazy. We're selfish we're self-centered. We, you know, we, we are self-righteous. We just, we misbehave um, if left to our own devices. And that's sort of what you were just saying of like, Hey, you know, it is uh, oftentimes we will want to do what feels good to us in the moment, which would be in your circumstance that you just presented. Uh, we like, I don't want to, I'm right. Like, I'm not going to take care of them when I'm right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, well, that, yeah, that's the thing that feels good to me in the moment. In the long, in the long term, that's going to really bite you in the ass because you're going to, you're going to be miserable with him being dysregulated Mm -hmm. Um, rather than doing the thing that feels really, really hard in the moment, but that gives you long-term happiness. And, and a lot of people are playing the short game and not thinking of the long game Mm -hmm. rather than thinking of the long game and, you know, and not worrying about the short game. And it really takes what this takes is an up leveling of your relationship. It is extremely simple, but very difficult. Yeah, you have to be really selfless, I think. You or- have to, you have to be a real team player. You have to be in the name of a relationship rather than in the name of self. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I like that. Now, I don't know if that works the other way around, though. I know guys are simple and a naked woman walks in, they're going to be disarmed. I don't know if the guy walking in on the girl <laughs> naked is the same. That you get the same reaction or not? I guess it depends. Sometimes, so it depends but, but but if that if like let's just go with it, it doesn't work that way. Then mm-hmm. then the guy has to figure out what he can do, what his you know his secret power is, um, that will disarm her. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I mean and it it literally you know sometimes it really just takes. Um, getting creative. It's like you could do a silly dance in front of somebody. You could make a joke as long as you're not a common deflector like that, then, uh, Mm -hmm. then a joke will work, you know, but um, I mean, I, I just remember a time when my husband and I were, (laughs) we were, I don't even remember what we were. Oh, we were, I know what we were fighting about. We were fighting about, um, Kenny says says he has no secret powers. I don't even have Kenny powers. Corey, you and your wife have a lovely relationship. I'm sure 
you can figure out a way to yes, disarm secret powers. Yeah. That's the other thing. You really have to know your partner well to be able to know what, you know, what makes them tick and what, what would disarm them. Totally. Yeah. That's the whole point of being together is knowing yeah. one another. Interesting concept. Um, I wanted to go back to something you were talking about with um, when you have a fight, if you don't repair it within 20 minutes, you know, it goes from the frontal lobe into your long-term memory. And then it just piles up in there. <clears throat> How much is too much? I mean, it depends on the individuals, right? right. And uh, and it also depends on the system of if if the same thing continues to happen over and over and over again, what's going on in the system that's allowing that to happen? Um, and, you know, if, if there's too much water under the bridge, I mean, you'll just kind of feel it in the, you know, if you're with a couple, I mean, that's how I could answer that of like, I'm with a couple and it's like, it, it just is so flat. It's like, there is no, there's no room for either one of them to let things in. It's just kind of, you know, there's an apathy um, there's a, um, uh, you know, there, there has to be, if, if there's a lot of, you know, so to speak water under the bridge, you've got to, you've got to see two people that are actually really motivated to make change. Yeah. That's what uh -huh. I was going to say. I mean, I guess it means that the more that's packed back there, the more work it's going to take to sort of unpack it. And so if it's, if it's harder, um, and not like an easier fix. You really have to have two people that are super committed to making it work and putting in the work. Yeah. And at that point, when, when stuff is, you know, all back here, it's, it's a, it's a thing of, you don't have to go back through everything. Cause if you go back through everything, um, you're then dwelling in the past and you're creating more problems in the future and the present. So okay. you, you need to air resentments you need to air those, but not, but it in, in service of moving forward of how do we want to, how do we want to take this, you know, repair it as much as we can in the moment and learn from it so that from now on, we don't experience those things again mm -hmm. and we have the stays in place to not do so. Yeah. So comment on Corey's thing here about going to bed mad. You said you might get back to that. Get back to going to bed, man. Yeah, or not yeah. trying not to, but sometimes you might have to. Uh, are, there, are there instances where that's okay? I mean, if you, it, you know, I mean, I think you've got to get to the point where you, ideally, you would get to a point where it might not be fully resolved or repaired, but the two of you can go to bed and be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to get to a point in this discussion or argument where, hey, I know we have more to discuss here. Uh, you know, I'm really escalated right now and I don't think it's going to be a productive conversation. Can we pick this back up tomorrow? Um, you know, right after work or, you know, because I want to resolve this with you. But, you know, you can't if, if it's just, a, you know, kind of a standstill, it doesn't. It, and both of you are going to lose sleep. How can you get to a place where you're not continuing to just go over and over and over it, but that you can say, Hey, 
this isn't getting us anywhere. And we're both escalated. We're both tired. Right. Exhausted. Uh, yeah. And I want to resolve this. So um, can we, can we bookmark it here and come back to this tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because oftentimes one, one person is okay being like being, you know, in a fight and, and can totally go to bed. Like no problem. And the other person is sitting there stewing or, you know, hamster head is what I call it. Are there, are there certain attachment styles that that matches up with or not necessarily? Um, yeah, definitely. Come <laughs> on. We're all experts now. Uh, yeah. Islands tend to be able to just sleep like a baby. Wow. And waves tend to be uh, need resolution right then and there. They and would, would stay down. So you've got to find a way if you're with, if you're an island with a wave of like, hey, how can we both be okay? Not just me. Yeah. And I would think in that instance, if the island like needs to go to sleep, but the wave can't, you got to give that person some reassurance that, you know, <clears throat> we're not going to fix it now, but I promise you, you know, let me just get, let's like, let's just take a break, get some sleep. I'm not, I still love you, whatever. We're going to, we're going to work it out. Yeah, and and an actual time that you're going to come back to revisit it. Okay. Not we'll we'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be pretty anxiety producing for an, a wave because they want resolution, and and if late la- they never know when later is going to come, and they also know that islands like to avoid, and so later is like yeah. never for <laughs> an island. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do that eventually. We'll talk about it someday. Yeah, yeah, before we die. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe on the deathbed. I don't know. At that point, it won't matter, right? What What are some other mistakes that we make sometimes when we're fighting? Like, how do we recover from, like, really, really hurtful things that, that can be said from, from people that are in that fight or flight mode? Well, you know, then you've... <laughs> I mean, you're going into territory of unfair fighting. Okay. Let's Uh, unpack that a little bit. So people not understanding what a fair fight is versus unfair. Like where, where, if people are name calling or saying really hurtful things, like kind of purposely hurtful, Mm -hmm. um, they have some thinking in their mind that they can do those things and not pay a price. Um, and they learned that somewhere uh, in their childhood, you know, again, attachment, um, right. that, that they could do these things and kind of get away with it. And uh, so as the, you know, if I'm witnessing this as a therapist, like I've got to call that out and kind of uh, level them up, that word again, of, of like, how do you fight? How can you be angry and still not hit below the belt. Um, And a lot of people have no idea how to do that. Um, But it really does take, uh, you know, it's like you don't just get to go off and not consider the other person whatsoever and not severely pay a price. Mm -hmm. Um, And so putting some agreements in place of how they're actually going to fight and what they want this, these, you know, if they're going to fight, what are the ground rules for that? 
And if you can't abide by that, well, then there's going to be consequences, you know, and what are you going to do about it? Yeah. I was just thinking too, when we talked about the 20 minute rule, you know, forgiving and forgetting, right? So that can actually happen if, if things are repaired quickly, right? You say that it's not going to reach that, the, the long-term memory piece and you will in fact forget about it, assuming you've forgiven. Yeah. I mean, so there's kind of a yes and with that, mm -hmm. uh, like, yes. And if something, if, if the same pattern continues and somebody continues to have to apologize for the same thing over and over and over and over again, that will go into long-term memory. Um, that pattern in and of itself and the person who, you know, continues to have that, uh, that happened to them, then we'll say, you know, at some point the apology means nothing. If you continue the behavior, if you're really sorry about it and you understand how it hurts me, then you will make the necessary changes to stop doing that. And if it continues, well, then there's something else going on that, uh, you know, you just think that you can continue to apologize and have it not add up. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. Well, it's hurtful. Yeah. Okay. All right. So in conclusion or wrapping up and any pieces of this that we missed that you wanted to make sure we got to the do's and don'ts, how to quickly repair. We talked about leading with relief, getting naked. State changes. State changes. Yeah. Yes. Um, dances. yeah, I mean, <clears throat> sometimes I'll, I'll give the instruction to people of like, Hey, when you're in a really huge argument, um, next time I need you to strip down naked and then have it. <laughs> and they immediately do exactly what you just did, which yeah. they start laughing, right? Yeah. It's like, it would create a state change. It's very, very hard to sit there and argue naked. It's, you know, it's just not congruent. And so it, it, that in and of itself just creates a state change. Just like, should we get naked? Like you could even just suggest it and boom, you know, um, what else? Yeah. Just really, you know, just doing the hard thing in the moment, which will make your life easy rather than doing the easy thing in the moment, that'll make your life hard. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, Corey, you're the man. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. I see Scott just joined the chat too a little bit. Uh, what can we say? We'll be back next week, right? Yep. Are we on for Wednesday? This is this is like our staff meeting now. Are we on for next Wednesday at noon? <laughs> Let's see. Next. March 1st, it's on my calendar. March 1st. Yep. Good. So you guys hit us in the comments with some ideas and topics. Uh, Julie came up with this one on our own, but we'd love for you guys to sort of drive the content here. And we are still looking for a couple that would like to come on the show and, you know, discuss maybe an issue that they're dealing with or some, some, uh, some hurdle that they're trying to overcome uh, with Julie's help here. And then we can all sort of observe, watch and learn. So, That'd be, uh, that would be super cool, right? That'd be fun. 
I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> One day. Did you work out today? No. Wednesday's your off day, right? Yep. Okay. I worked out. The video's coming. I, we snatched and rode and did push-ups and air squats. And my push-ups were really good. My push-ups usually suck. Um, I don't do them a lot. And uh, I think just for women, it's hard. Our muscles are not developed the same way. And uh, <clears throat> I think I did like all my sets unbroken. Wow. Yeah. I, I haven't done that in a long time. So I'm feeling Great. super strong. All right, guys. Uh, did you do the open? I did. Okay. Fine. No comment. Just, it was good. It was good. We're not, we're not really talking about it, right? Like just we're it's fine. another training day and yep. we'll see what happens. Yep. Is your body feeling good? Yeah. I For mean, yeah. what? For the most part? For the most part. Yeah. Um, I hit a big birthday milestone on Monday, so I'm in a new age group now. Ooh, you go. Yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately, I, I wasn't, I didn't peak for this season. <laughs> I should have. Um, I thought about it maybe two years ago, and then I was kind of like, eh, no, never mind. I'll, I'll open up a gym first and get really weak and then try to build it back. So we'll see what happens. You saw on the comeback. Yeah, I'm on the comeback trail. All right, guys. So thank you so much, Julie. Have a great week. You and, too. Uh, we will talk to all of you guys uh, next time.